Folks, before we start today's episode of the Keel Podcast, I just want to take a moment here to recognize Kobe Cave, who passed away this past week. And obviously, it's a huge loss for the hockey community. A lot of great guys that played with him, not just with the Edmonton Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, but as well as a lot of guys that played with him in minors, played for Minnesota. Great guy, from what I've been told. Great player as well. You know, had a lot of look. You know, had a pretty good upside to him. You know, for, as a from a, on the on ice perspective, and from what I've heard from people through the hockey community, he's even better person off the ice. And I just want to have our thoughts and prayers here from the Kiel Podcast with the Kobe Cave family and all of his friends. Obviously, in a very tough time for them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Kuehl Podcast. I am your host once again, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, and we're going to get started right away with bringing on our guest today. And if you follow us on Twitter, folks, you know that our guest today is the one, the only, the voice of Panther Hockey, Davenport Panther Hockey, that is, ladies and gentlemen, Back for a five-time, 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 five-time guest, Thomas Miando. I'd like a championship belt, please. You like a championship belt, like a Booker T belt or something? Any anything will do. It can be one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not picky. One of those little styrofoam thingies that they sell the kids. But I'd like a belt. See, now those were cool. But then my brother and I each got one, and guess what? They lasted a whole two matches because we decided to use them like they were real belts, and we realized. They were not. Well, yeah, I, I mean, as you should, because that's exactly what they're, they, they do. You, you, you run and you nail somebody off a turnbuckle with them. I mean, we, well, we tried the move from, and it's kind of a famous move, the Eddie Guerrero flying DDT onto the belt to Brock Lesnar back in 04. And we did that, and then my brother actually, his head actually hit the belt, and the belt cracked, and so did <laughs> his skull. Well, okay, his skull didn't actually crack, but, like, he got cut open. He yeah, got, I could, yeah, a little bit of plastic turning there i could see how that would happen yeah it just it was not i mean for i thought it was a great move all of a sudden he was sitting there he's like that really hurt and all of a sudden i see blood coming out and i'm like oh crap because we never the, told our parents that we were wrestling we and the problem is, is that in no four there probably was not a cell phone a cell phone you could rig so that you could see all your moves oh my gosh see that see we weren't thinking that we thought because we knew we were awful wrestlers that we knew that we were just going to be completely awful at whatever we did, so we didn't want anyone to have any possibility of seeing okay. how bad we were. Okay, so, that's fair. But um, I'm joined by my slight co-host here today because, she, yes, no, I'm not going to get the shush. Ladies and gentlemen, BSN, RN, my wife, Kelly Kuehl. Hi, Thomas. Hello. Wow. We Full got, house today. Well, yeah, so, well sort of. <laughs> the only two people that live here. That's That's but- true. Well, it's not just me and Tyler, which always makes it better. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tyler's so boring. I'm so boring. Uh huh. How am I so boring? Honestly, no. So- he, you're sobering, like so- you're very real. Oh, sobering. No, okay. I said so yeah. boring. Oh, okay. Well, I tried. That's okay. We appreciate the. He appreciates the effort. Yeah, and thank Kel- you. Of course, thank Kel- you very much. Of course, Kelly brought the trail mix in here too, oh, I'm which. Hungry. Well, then Ooh. just you're gonna you're near crunching nuts here for the next couple of minutes, which is great. Giggity. Oh gosh. 
Oh, this is literally going to turn into... Okay, so if I, those that don't know, Thomas has actually stayed at Kelly and I's apartment a couple times this past season. Let me tell you right now, nothing got accomplished. Nothing good got accomplished. Not on your No, what, what, we, what do we have to accomplish? I no, just no, needed no. that to ride home. That's, I think what exactly what needed to get accomplished got accomplished. Mm-hmm. Of course, we did wait. We procrastinated hard. That, that was probably oh, the thing. For, well, yeah. Okay, fine. But no, here, Kelly, can you move your mic closer to your face? You're, yeah. you're picking up very quietly. But no, so Thomas, we brought you on today because, well, I, I'm 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 lonely, and the only reason why I'm pretty sure Kel- and the only reason why I'm pretty sure Kelly came on today was because she knew that you were going to be on, which means she wanted to say hi. Yeah. Oh, thank you very hello. much. Hello, hello. Good to hi. good to hear your voice as well. I know yeah. I miss you. You want to make an honest trip over here, hang out with us? Uh, we're bored. No social distancing. There's no quarantine trips across the state. Yeah. Kelly's starting to lose it. I'm doing just fine. Yeah, I'm, right. My inner th- my inner 12-year-old self is coming out right now about my you know being self-isolated and it's amazing. I forgot how nice this was. Well, I I uh I, I find it very interesting that that Kelly is is not maxing and relaxing on the rare days she's not at work because that is I can only imagine what it's like going to work every day. It's actually not bad. Because our the floor that I work on, we're still our surgeries. Some of them are considered urgent or essential, because like if you get a colonoscopy and they find a mass, they're not going to wait to remove that. So we're okay. still getting our surgical patients. So we're not getting COVID patients on our floor. She works on butts and guts floor. Everybody, if anyone hasn't heard that, colorectal. Yeah. Well, thank God nobody's eating. That is. That's. I mean, I. I'm going to say that's good, even though it feels wrong to say that that's good. But I guess that that's good for you and your and your day, daily In all honesty, show, I guess. Yeah. Daily working, I should say. We're, thank goodness, we're, the hospital where I work at, I'm not going to say. But um, we, HIPAA. yeah, not, that's not HIPAA, it's just well, professional. But we are very, very, very well prepared. We have, well, we are like <laughs> Sending nurses home because we don't need them. Like, we're overstaffed right now. We've got enough PPE for now. But the basically, what everyone's kind of bracing for is when this stay-at-home order is lifted, which it will have to be after the after in, on May 1st. It just has to be because the, the economy, and they can't handle it. They can't go much longer. It's going to get, we're going to get an inflow of patients fast and then it's gonna blow up but right now well, i'm basking in the uh calmness right now the calmness i'm with you every day what calmness I, I, I really would like to believe that that is correct and there's going to be enough of the economy that opens up but i mean that's that's for a lot of people a lot smarter than i to decide and determine it's like yeah. it's like trail mix it's ifs and buts and or candy and nuts that's what i say but okay it's, yes, it's, I, it's, I, it's, I it's over my pay grade it's well over my yes, exactly. I like that one too. It's well over one, my pay grade too because my pay grade is zero. Yeah, yeah I don't know why. Well, you didn't actually, I'm still getting paid by Davenport. I'm still producing content. Okay. So now, oh boy, start off, Thomas, with a very tough question for you. Sure, because it because it is around freezing. Is I think got to mid 30s today. I think at the high at the sun over here. No, I have 40. 40 40s. got to 40. Okay, yeah, we windy. did. We hit it. The, did hit the 40s on the side of the state. So I got to 40, but it was really windy out today. At least in the west side of the state. I don't know how bad it was over there on the east side of Michigan. But I have it must to, be. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. So I have to ask you this very important question, Thomas. Sure. Would you rather? Be stuck at home in quarantine 
working from home, whatever, self-isolated, not able to see anybody? Or would you go out today, afternoon or night, doesn't matter, to watch the Detroit Tigers at Comerica Park in the bleachers? What would you rather do? Is it opening day or a random Tuesday? It'd be a random Tuesday. Okay, so so here's here, here's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna imagine that we're not in quarantine. Okay, that there is no such thing as quarantine. The quarantine didn't happen. Okay, and I would rather uh, see. <laughs> okay, well, no, because that's not what you said. You said straight up, would I rather be in quarantine or be at the game? I'd rather be at the game. Really, even if it's this cold and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, bundle me up. All because right. if I'm there, that that means that there's no quarantine. So that that would be the win. Okay. Well, I'm tr- yep. it, it's funny. I'm trying to pull up their schedule, but for some reason, it's not. It's just like not showing because up it's, because it's not. Existing. They uh, remember though. I went. You know, I I've been to uh, Michigan games once. You know, Thanksgiving that they that right around that those November games. There were plenty of forty five degree at kickoff into the you know. Well, they didn't really have a lot of the night games back when I went, but I, I know how to bundle it up. You know, I was at the Winter Classic at the big house where it was 22 and snowing and you had to be there an hour early to make sure you could get in. So I, I, I can deal with weather like this. I don't I don't like to. It's not my favorite, but I can definitely deal with it in small doses. And if that small doses meant or small dose meant that we weren't in quarantine without a shadow of a doubt, that would be the choice. I mean, I, I guess football is different, though, because football, it's made for the fall. It's supposed to be cold, bitter, the gridiron tough and all that stuff. Baseball, it's just for me, that's, you know, you know, getting your tan lines, wearing a ball cap, sunglasses and having a brew. That's why that's I like fair. I mean, trust me, I've played baseball games in weather just as bad as it is today. And let me tell you, you get one in on the hands at, up at the plate. You'll remember it for a little bit. It's not. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it wouldn't trust me. It wouldn't be ideal, but compared to this. Violin, Tyler. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, cold. please. Compared to this, please put me put me put me in the bleachers in Comerica right now. Oh, I, I guess that'd be better. That's that's why. See, that's why Toronto's nice. The Sky Dome. Oh, Toronto's always better. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, this, this, the, the ballpark. I don't have to worry about it since Kelly said it for me. So yeah, I'm good there. there. Okay, there, perfect. Yeah, there you go. But no, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those odd times. And the nice part about it is that we're getting some very unique content put out there amongst, you know, the the consistent, you know, nonchalant coronavirus news. There's a lot of people putting out like, you know, best hockey stuff or best hockey memories and stuff like that, or not just hockey, baseball, you know, best teams. Like, I think the athletic is doing like a special right now this week for like remembering the steroid era, as they're calling it. You know, the good old days when people didn't care about health and just remembered, you know, batting 100 home runs a year. It's yeah, not that they didn't care didn't about health. It's that they just didn't really know what it actually did to your body. Mark McGuire went which from is, 200 pounds to 265. What it, the side effects, the negative side effects of steroids. That's what they didn't really understand is that you can have a Kelsey, you have a tiny wiener. I was about to say, you yeah, you think guys are going to talk about that? Yeah, all that stuff. But no. increased risk would, of cancer. It was, I mean, I, I don't have the data in front of me, but I'm sure that the contracts from that era, like look at what the, 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 the highest paying contract in 19, let's say 92 versus 2002. And just that 10 year and the increase from, let's say whenever a rod signed his, what was it? 12 at two forty, 
what was the biggest contract for that 10 years prior? And that's all because of the steroids era. That giant leap all came about because of the steroids era. Well, apparently, now that you ask, I did the quick little research here. And according okay. to Sabre.com, which is, or Sabre.org, which is the Society for American Baseball Research. And it oh, has I thought all, it was the company that took over the took over for Dunder Mifflin on the office. Okay, no, go so, ahead. Sounds like that. No, so yeah. 1992, the highest paid player in professional baseball, Major League Baseball, was making $6.1 million. That was Bobby Bonilla, or Bonilla. Of the Bonia. New York Bonilla, sorry, of the New York Mets. That's who, is, who actually just finally, I think, last year stopped getting paychecks from the Mets because they signed him to some weird deal that went thirty years, like years after his retirement or something like that. Like Bobby Bonilla, honestly, I, I again, you'd have to look it up, but he was getting paid well into the last five years. Wasn't he like a one-hit wonder? Not a one-hit wonder, but he only had like no. a couple of good little bits. But he wasn't that good, though, from what I. Because I remember he was like one of those outrageous contracts everyone always talks about. You know, my memory is going to be faulty on it. Um, but I, I, yeah, I remember him being good. But I just remember with the way the deal was set up that I don't think anybody really thought that anybody was going to be that good or that worth it at the time. But my memory could definitely be faulty on that. Yeah. Alex that Rodriguez. goes to show you. So what, you said that was 92? 92, yep. And what? I within te- I, I'm pretty sure within the next 10 years... A-Rod signed his $20 million a year contract. So a yep. $14 million increase in, 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 in a 10-year period for the highest paid player. I mean, that's, that's got to be – that's remarkable. That's just remarkable. Nine years. Well, if you're curious, from ni- since 19 – let's go with 1990. Alex Rodriguez has been the highest paid player professional base in Major League Baseball 12 out of the last 30 years. <laughs> that's, that's... And if you want to feel good about yourself, Thomas – when the Tigers oh, okay. weren't then when the Tigers were not awful but they weren't good either Cecil Fielder for 2 years was the highest paid player. Yeah, why do you think they tried to sign Prince Fielder and then Prince Fielder sucked cuz he was so fat and out of shape and they're still paying him a ton of money. That's why Detroit sucks. Don't even get me started on the Fielders, Prince Fielder. That, that trade. Oh, it was awful. Thomas, they shouldn't have made Tom, that. They shouldn't have made that deal. Thomas, help me out here. 8 years well, for what? 30 million dollars? Basically? Well, the, the, the incredible thing about that is that Dave Dombrowski still was able to get rid of that contract. I mean, I know they still agreed to pay part of it, but they got two years out of him, shipped him off. And two years later, he was retired due to a neck injury. It was like magic to get him here. And then it was magic to get him out of here. That was the most remarkable thing about the Prince Fielder deal is the fact that they flipped them and got a useful player in Ian Kinsler. Yeah. I mean, yeah and was, then they traded him. He's just really good still. Well, he's getting old. Uh, I think, I he's think younger they got than Cabrera. Rid of him about a year before he was older. Did you see a him? year or a year before? Uh, I think he had one more good year after the trade. After he got, I don't even think he, he was traded. I think it was, no, just it, was Rick, it was Rick Porcello that was traded and got real good. Well, there were a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's see. Yeah. Rick Porcello, um, David Price, well, Scherzer, Blue Jays. Ace. Well, no, no, no. There's to be fair. To be uh, to, to be, be fair. fair there were a few guys, there were very few players that were not good here that got good after they left. Well, Scherzer, Scherzer was, was great before he left. It was phenomenal uh, before he left, and then he got even better, and I don't even know why they traded him. No, because he so went to a good stupid. team, remember? They they offered him a contract. He said no before <sighs> his final year. He went out and threw, I don't think he won a Cy Young that year, but he went out and had 
He won Another that back, didn't he? Like, like a new best season of his career, and Washington offered him a deal that where we were, we were not going to match it. We didn't match it, and he went to he didn't offer to match it. Not like he wasn't a restricted free agent. We didn't have any rights to him. It and was, sure enough, he went to Nashville. And I remember or, it was uh, Washington. Yeah, to Nashville. Oh, thank you. It was either it was either Verlander or Scherzer. And well, I'm glad they got rid. That glad glad they traded. Verlander because he deserved to win well, a World Series. What was weird is that it was actually, I don't know if it was Scherzer. It was weird the timing because I think like three days after they offered him the deal that they were going to offer him, they signed Cabrera to the big deal. Although I think Miguel still had a couple of years left on his current deal. So he it was did. highly unnecessary, but they still went out and did it. It was kind of like a, we'll bleep you for not signing this deal. Yeah. We're going to go out and give all of our money to make sure that Cabrera was still here. Yeah, and then he was and, pretty much injured, I think, most of that season. Yeah, uh, my timeline isn't great, so I'm not going to agree or disagree. I mean, he's been I injured for like over 50% right. of the season since <laughs> then. Let's, let's be right. honest here. Let's be honest here. The 2020 season is wasted for two things. If Major League Baseball doesn't come back, it's wasted on two things. One, we can't have an absolute just gong show of taunting for the Houston Astros because I was ready for that. I was going to drive yeah. to Toronto for just for that and Detroit for that That's, as well. That is something we're all going to miss. And two, because by 2021, it'll be over with. But two, Miguel Cabrera has been in the best shape since coming to Detroit. At least he looked that way. I know. He yeah. looks a lot better. It would have been interesting to see how his season would have gone. It, there's not a no, no doubt. It would have been very interesting to see how his season would have gone. Uh, I, I, I know... You know, I was listening to the radio and the, you know, when the, the radio show was, uh, I listened to all day, was down in Florida for spring training back in the early March. And it, granted, it was a, you know, they were telling, you know, temper your tentate or your excitement, but because it was such a windy day. But apparently he hit back to back moonshots off Garrett Cole. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, Cole's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, uh, he just sent a couple of bottle rockets. And though it was a windy day with the wind blowing out, they were still just, just launch pad shots. And they just could not get over how, how far these balls went. So, I mean, I don't know. It, w- it would have been nice to see, but case around. But I think we're, we're going to get baseball. I don't think it's going to be 162 games and I don't think anything's going to be in front of fans, but I think we're going to get some, some baseball this year. But you know what I think would be really great? Cause obviously Detroit's struggling money wise with owning everything and their team's crap. And you know, they're all their sports teams are just so bad. You know what I propose they should do What's to that? get people in the stands and to buy tickets. Let them go for free. No. Lower the beer prices for Pete's sakes. You it's were eight bucks I, for a beer. I paid for the beer when we went. Thank I you. I don't care. <laughs> it's still eight bucks for a beer. You give I it to like two or three dollars, and you're guaranteed to get people. You've in those never stands. gone to a Lions game, have you? No, I. I'd not. really be. Sh- I'd be shocked if there wasn't some sort of give back because who? I mean, there's so many people without a job, and there's going to be a lot of people that were laid off that are going to be able to go back. But then there's going to be a, a lot of people that are going to be laid off that aren't going to have a, a job to go back to because their company isn't going to be able to reopen or stay open or or they're going to try to reopen and then they're not going to be able to do it because they're going to be so far in a hole. And, and that's it's terrible and it's sad. But I, I, I think that if they really want to to maximize their potential profits on just a typical game day experience, then they'd be better served. 
I mean, that that's pie in the sky a little bit, but I, I, I think that it, if they really want to try to get people in to see a bad team, you're going to, you're going to need to have, you know, almost minor league giveaway nights and, and they're not going to go down to dollar beers, but you know, $4 beers and then $2 dogs and stuff like that. I, I think are going to become a requirement if they really hope to, to get people in now. I mean, now if they're not playing again, assuming a people are show up and, or they're playing games in front of fans and two, that they can actually, you know, that there's actually they're on, they're in Detroit and not being played at some sort of satellite city that may allow them. Cause that's one of the ideas that's being kicked around right now. Well, I guess, well, one thing we should probably mention, of course, the XFL just had to shut down operations this past week, but regarding the beer prices, Kelly, you remember going to the sky dome since the Jays are bad. Now they have at least one or two concessions on each of the levels. That is the five, the cheap section. There's like the $5 beers, the $2 hot dogs on certain nights on certain nights. But like that still doesn't get people in those stands. You saw how empty it was when we went. It was so empty. We sat in the perfect section when we, were, we went. I know. But we sat in a great section when we went last year. Thomas yeah. was there. He remembers how great it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love being where we were. That was perfect. But at the same the time. The two planes almost colliding overhead. That was great, man. That was some good. <laughs> and the sky being basically green. And lightning, heat lightning the entire time. But, I mean, you still think about it like that's the, – even with those two concession stands – at the far ends of the ballpark, like they're right behind. Oh, okay, talking about Toronto. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. but even in, in comparison, yeah. and it's and that is and a money thing. To. It is a money thing, of course, though. Yeah, but they've it, got they the good way for them to earn it back is to sell the beer. Also, it's great because like there's so many breweries around that they can like promote that and promote the give it all that stuff. It's it's lower the beer prices. You're guaranteed to get fans and people in those seats. Guaranteed. Well, I mean, I'd go. I mean, I'm. The the most I'm gonna say the most obvious thing, and it, and and it's you can you can you can do a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a winning team, gimmicks are only gonna work for a very short period of time. I mean that's so. What, oh, go ahead, Thomas. I you can have dollar you know dollar dog night or dollar beer night even at a place like for a professional team like the Tigers in Aquamerica, but at the end of the day, that will wear off. Again, this is everything I'm saying is based on the assumption that there's not going to be there's not going to be games this year. If you don't play baseball until June, but you play baseball with June and fans are able to come back, I think you're going to see two. No matter what the record is, you're going to probably get two day, two months of real style attendance because people will be happy enough just to be able to have something to do. Yeah, but- so they're going to they're going to get a record be damned boost of attendance, but it, it'll be very interesting to see what exactly if there's uh, if there's sports with fans what exactly that's going to look like and and then how quickly will that diminish if they're 20 and 40 60 games into the year what will they do then but jumping on your point of being of like it's if you have a bad team regardless of everything it's going to get hard to people get people in the stands if I got $2 beers and I'm drunk and wasted, I'm going to enjoy watching my team lose a lot more than if I was sober. Let's be honest. Here. We did go to we did go to a bunch of Whitecaps games this past year. Oh, they we got were, drunk and they were awful. They were bad. You're 100% right. I mean, it. I just, and, and especially with, and I, and I agree with it so much more even with the minor league stuff, but I, there's just so much more that goes down to it. Because like, if you're going to go to Comerica and I, 
you know, we may have had a better situation, but for people that just, they want to park by the ballpark. And if you're going to spend $30 to park, it doesn't matter if you have $20 or $2 beers, or if, you know, you're taking the kids and the kids are still paying $5 for a soda. It's not an end all be all. It's not a fix all, but I do feel like if it's done right, it can be helpful. It can be helpful, but it's not going to sell out your building. That's, that be a hundred percent clear. It's definitely not going to do anything like that for you. If you are just tuning in, this is the QL baseball podcast here on all your favorite yeah. podcatchers. Well, uh, there's t- nothing going on t- in t- hockey. Football's not even a season yet. They just, they really just need to cancel the NBA for Pete's sakes. Ugh. well, okay. Thomas, professional you- basketball. So well, two, okay. Two things on what you just said. A football is the only thing that's actually keeping us going because they're still having the draft. And they still had free agency. And as much as they got kind of when they announced that they were going to go on as normal, they kind of got beat up for that. It ended up being a blessing in disguise because it gave something sports to talk about. Wasn't games, but at least trade or the free agency market. And now the draft coming up gives you something to talk about with sports. The second thing of what you said is you do not want to hear that the NBA gets canceled because I think then the NHL will follow suit because it has a tendency to do that. And I get so that. And I totally hearing, don't want hockey to cancel, but I just, so if you end up here, exactly. I don't like basketball. So, and I get that. And, and I understand. I, I like totally do. But basketball. if you end up hearing that they're going to, the NBA just like skip it. We're not going to go. We're not going to, we're not coming back. I should buy Tyler a fifth of alcohol because he's going to be crying because the NHL season is yeah. canceled. No, I, I would honestly, I would not expect the NHL so, to come back either. I it's, really it's funny because I, I'm indifferent because as much as I want to see hockey come back, at this point, unless it happens soon, and I'm talking like the play, the whatever the playoffs or the however they're going to do the rest of the regular season, it needs to start June first. It cannot go any later because it's so much more demanding 82 game season because the idea is that they're going to be able to play a full 2020-2021 season. Why would you push it so far back to where they're playing into September to have them come back a month and a half later? They're, uh, the idea is that they come back in November. I'm like, that's dumb because they're going to be exhausted because then you're going to go to the playoffs next year and nobody's going to want to play because everyone's going to be dog-tired. At yeah. this well, point, if it doesn't happen soon, if it, like if you said like June 1st came around, they started the regular season back up and maybe played just to 68 games or something like that, I'm okay with that. But anything later, if you're talking getting into July, it's not going to be worth it because you're risking players at that point. You're risking, I mean, the other, go ahead. Yeah, us. no, you're 100% right. And I think the other thing that you may see, or, or I actually haven't heard it kicked around, but what I would personally be looking into is, and teams are going to get pissed about it. And I don't know, even if even if, if the wings were in contention, and, and you can say this because the Leafs are, and maybe they'd be on the outside of this, Worst comes to worst, just go right to a conference final. Go to a final four. Go to, if you want, not coming back, you're going to need games. Everybody has 10 games, a race to 10 games, whatever whatever you want to do, or, you know, figure out some sort of system where everybody plays to the same number. You know, like you said, play to 68 so that, you know, everybody's kind of got a different amount left, but you, you figure out a schedule to get everybody in to get to the same number or you take winning percentages and then whatever their winning percentages to the final 10 games and factor those in, whatever you want to do. And if it gets too late, then just knock off a couple rounds of the playoffs. Don't have 16 teams in. Yeah, just do go the to top. conference semis. Go to go right to conference finals. The two division winners play in the conference final. The winner of the conference finals go into the cup finals. And that way, 
you can, if you do delay the season, you're really only handicapping two teams and they will be two teams that will be really happy because they ended up playing for a Stanley cup championship. So I think there's a lot of things that they can do. My recommendation honestly would be you have some sort of conclusion of the regular season and just knock off some rounds or switch everything to best of five. Uh, best of five or best, yeah, best of five would be probably better. Best of seven to get it wrapped up by August. I think you got to have by August first. You need to kind of have it wrapped up so that they can have August, September off really short in the preseason. And then you go at it maybe a week or two late and, and off you go. Yep. I mean, that would probably be the best scenario. And I know there's been the idea that's punched around that they may go to North Dakota or Manchester or some like remote location. And I, I kind of went off on it last week because they were talking about maybe just having North Dakota be the place. And, and I just, from a healthcare standpoint, you do not want to go to a remote location because if you're carrying COVID-19. That's why, that's why Kelly, it was shot, it was shot down gonna, after. It was shot down yeah, after. because those hospitals in those rural areas do not and cannot, they can't handle an influx of patients or anything like that because they, as rural hospitals, do not have the supplies. They have to ship people off to bigger bigger hospitals. That's why, that's why the governor didn't want people going up north because those rural hospitals up there cannot handle an influx of patients. They can't. And that's why it's not smart to do it for the NHL, go to a remote location, because you're going to get a lot of people sick. A lot. It, it, it's a big risk. And that's why, like, the day after the show, Elliot Friedman, who I read the report from about going to the Grand Forks and all that to the University of North Dakota, was that he said there were multiple locations, the possibility. So I was trying to clarify that. I was trying to make sure that everyone knows that they were not trying to go to one location. They were going to go to multiple, Still, but smaller ones. But that's not good either, because those multiple smaller locations are outside a city with rural healthcare systems. Yeah, they could be great, but they just don't have the capacity to handle that. And all well, it, this is see now here's the thing though, Kelly. And what I'll say to you is that I, though I don't disagree, if they're playing, then we've gone far enough down the road where not that there, that it's, that there's a treatment or that it's, it's the major cities are good. Like it, it's not going to be in this type of environment, I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. I would say it can't if the, be. If, if the players are playing somewhere, then the situation won't be as dire as it still is as of right now. So it's though, I, I don't care where they play. I would love to see a continuation or start a season just because I like sports and I want to, I want to see it and I want to see them come back. If it's empty stadiums, I don't care. It'll be weird, but I'll get used to it. Everybody will get used to it. MLB has something on. I'm pretty sure MLB.tv has got to be free then at that point. You would think if they're going to put them all, if they're going to put them all into empty stadiums or something like that, or remote remote locations. Well, I, you know, the last, the last thing that made, um, the, the last idea that was really kicked around the most by major league baseball was to was to actually do basically this at first, the first was everybody to Arizona. Huh. And then the second was the spring training around the same time. Yeah. was spring training where you'd have your, the grapefruit lead and the, uh, what's the, what's cactus. the other one? The cactus. Thank you. You'd have those leagues. The tigers would be in a five team division with like the blue Jays, the pirates, the Yankees and the somebody else. League. No. And then, yeah. Basically, you, they you, play. They play where like a bunch of oranges. Yeah. You go with colors. Just or, no, keeping like, everybody to Florida and Arizona, and you you go with that. Which, okay. I mean, if that's gonna 
that's going to get you going. All right. Yeah. I, again, I, even, baseball isn't necessarily my favorite to watch, but I tell you what, if there was a baseball game on right now, I'd be looking forward to it. Even golf. I even want to watch golf. I'm that desperate. That's well, Because golf can get entertaining if you're watching the right tournament. Oh, Thomas, yeah, did Tyler sure. tell you what he did? What did I do? I beat you in golf and we golf? No, 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 oh. no. no. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I woke up from work because we were talking about get- my parents have a Wii. They weren't using it. Oh. And he just, I get up from work and I was like, what you doing? He goes, I bought it. And I was like, you're like, or like, it should be here in a couple days. And I was like, what? And he goes, I bought a Wii. <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. How much was that? $100 off eBay? Thanks for telling me because I'm the one who's working and you're not. I paid for it. And you wouldn't even let me yeah, get a the- dog. And you got yeah. a Wii. Well, okay, well, that's that's a terrible argument because a dog is going to be that much money every month. So that's that's not going to stand up in court at all. But, um, yeah, go with the Wii. I mean, we're enjoying it. I'm about to say Kelly it. was on it for while I was finishing up my article today. A couple of yeah, we were, were on playing it for a lot. While. And then we got the Wii yeah. Fit board. So you like yeah, the Wii Fit, Tom? So Thomas, without, uh, yeah, yeah. So Thomas, See, I, don't be a wife that just complains for no reason. No, 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 I'm just mad because, because he's like, at the outset. it's more like it's been a hundred dollars and he didn't even ask me and like, we didn't even talk about it and I'm the one that's working and he's not. You're mad because we didn't talk about okay, it. You're not fair. mad that I bought it. But anyways, Thomas, I got to ask you this okay, because we've talked sure, about, we've, we've talked about video games before and especially sport video games. What is your, obviously, you know, you've, I, I'm not, I know I'm going to watch how I'm going to say this. You have probably played more, con- actually, no, I don't, I probably played as many consoles as you have. Because I've played okay. a lot of the classic ones, the original NES, Super Nintendo. What has been one of your favorite video game consoles to play on? Okay, so I'm going to go with... Sony, Sony, Sony. Shut up, okay. Tyler. No, I, 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 like, I'm trying to even... Like, I am, I'm probably going to say the PS3. And, and here's, here's why I'm going to give that answer. And this is... I think it's more, and I'm kind of basing it on what I get most use of while it was available because I loved playing the guitar games, the Guitar Hero slash Rock Band games. And I, the PS3 was the system that was out when those games were at their height of popularity. So, like, I have damn near all of those games that came out in probably a a five-year window, six-year window, and played them out in addition to it was at those games at that time too the nhl games began to get the the graphics and the realism were so good you know it they they took the giant leap onto with that kind of system where like shot my the thing i always go back to is shots could be redirected yeah that was the moment when when shots could be you could shoot for a stick and have it tip and still get on goal that was when games became like really damn real to me because it was always hits a leg off to the corner, you know, or hits a leg out of play. Yep. These cases, the shots actually like could hit something and still go on goal and be deflected in. That was like the greatest thing in the world. So I'm going to say the PS3 because of the use that I got out of the guitar games, the, I played the infamous games a ton on that. I played the guitar games and the sports games were getting real. So I'm going to go with the PS3. It's f- snowing. Oh boy. Yep. 
she found it. I was I was avoiding talking about it, but you know, over here. What in, the heck? And these are big flakes. This is not okay. And we're gonna we're just gonna quiet the mic down there for the misses for the time being. Um, yeah, I don't have that. I have a I actually have a, I have the sun's out, but since things move from west to east, it could be snowing here in an hour. So. Well, you've well you've realized, Thomas, on many of your drives that the weather will just stop in Lansing. Yeah, it's it's on between I always like when I take I was uh, 96. I always like to go based on 96. Exit 110 is Okemos. Exit I believe it's either 89, 90 or 91 is 69. Yep. That 20 mile stretch damn near anything can happen. Yep. It's unbelievable. I it is unbelievable what what you could be driving in at 118 or at 110 and then what you could be driving in at 90. And just the slow decline between the two. I, well, I can still remember. If you can't hear Kelly crying, by the way. Um, I remember, oh, so the, the first time April. Kel and I went to Little Caesars Arena. Oh, my goodness. Because so we had, went in December. It was the second. It was the 20th of December. Yes, it was right before Christmas. And okay. it was the second year of Austin Matthews and all them, 17-18 season. And Little Caesars just opened up, so we had to go. And it was Great tickets. They were a little expensive. We met really cool people. We met Nazem Kadri's cousin. And then we met this, these old guys who've been friends for years. They weren't that old. They were only like maybe they 30. Were the, no, they were in their 60s. The old guys behind us. Oh, were oh they the, were, okay. One was a Leafs fan, one was a Red Wings Wait fan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did Tyler just guess somebody was in their 30s and Kelly said they're no, in their 30s? No, no, no. no they're, he, they're, we met like 20 people at that game. Anyway, it was ridiculous. Anyway, on the way, so okay. I had Tyler, so we took my van because it was snowing when we left home and Tyler had Jason who was, my, a, my it was awful. awful. Lincoln and I had a car. minivan and my minivan was like a lot safer. If I were to get in okay. an accident, I felt safe. So That's I fair. drove from home into Lansing, like out past Lansing because I know how to get to Lansing. My grandma lives there, all that stuff. Yes, 96. I'm not comfortable, <laughs> I'm not comfortable driving into Detroit ever. I've never done it. It's city, big cities terrify me, except for Grand Rapids, and that's not even a big city. I don't, Tyler knows his way pretty well. So we switched drivers. So Tyler drove to, from Lansing to Detroit, went to the game, had a great time, came back. Tyler drove from Detroit back to Lansing. We switched. The minute we switched, we get past Okemos. Oh my, white out. You can't yeah. see the road. And I'm driving and Tyler's asleep and I'm white knuckling it. I'm going 35. Because I had to work the next morning. Yeah. That's why we switched. Next time. Yeah, you had to work at four the next morning and I'm white knuckling it. And it was like, it literally was just a flip. It was so bad. And it took us it's, about six hours to get home. I, it's unbelievable. You can, it, and it's that very area. I, just it's so it clearly shows crazy. that the government in Lansing is partisan to Detroit. That's what it is. No, I'm kidding. No, not, no. no, no. Oh, either that or just directing weather. That's probably um, but it, yeah. no, it was just north. It was go such north. A crazy. Like I have run into. Oh man, this is great. I can't believe it. To oh my god, what am I going to make this? I'm oh my die, god, am yeah. I going to survive this? Yep. You know, the only and good then, thing. Oh, go ahead, Thomas. I was just gonna say the only thing, and then the reverse, the reverse happens where I leave Grand Rapids and I just want to get home, <laughs> and it's gonna it takes me about an hour and thirty minutes to get to Lansing, and then forty minutes to get home from Lansing, and I'm just like, ugh. The only positive thing from that night was that I knew that if we were gonna die, I was gonna die asleep, so I wasn't gonna have to live through it. Because well, oh, well, uh, look at you finding the bright. And spot. the worst part it was, it was a Saturday night into a Sunday morning. No, it was a Friday to Saturday. No. 
No, because I had to work at oh, four. Okay. That's it, was why. A fr- it was a Friday to Saturday. And at 11 o'clock midnight, there was no one on the roads. So you couldn't see. So you couldn't see. It's the highways. There's no traffic lights. So you're literally just driving blind. And then you find it. And then you finally find a car that's going at a good pace. That's like got his lights on. You're like, okay, cool. I can follow him and be be safe. And then you realize it's a truck and it's just going boom. And then it's cooking up, kicking up snow next to you and you can't see. And then, yeah. It's yeah, you just described freeway driving in Michigan. That's yep. pretty I know, much I it. Like it. That is it in a nutshell. But that's why we had you stay with us. And yet you want to live in Minnesota. The only reason I want to live in Minnesota no, is because it's like well, no, Canada, no, no. I'm talking Kelly does. I do. Kelly does. Oh. And okay. they have really good hospitals. Over there. And mean, they have a lot of hockey. A. Lot. I mean, I also really want to live in Milwaukee because so the housing is like real cheap. Yeah, Kelly's been doing that because she's so bored. She's been looking at dogs, couches, and houses. And bedrooms. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of mistakes that people are going to make during this. That's for sure. I'm just There's a lot of perks that the people are going to wish they didn't have come yeah. uh, July and August, I'm sure. There's gonna a be lot a, of pregnant women, a lot of divorced couples. It's all going to I it's wish. Gonna, I'm just glad that, that someone else mentioned the pregnancy thing. Well, okay, here's the thing. For some Dustin reason, I am. I want to call. I want to. What? What do you want? What do I want? What do I always ask you? What do I always ask you for and you never give me? You never let me have. A dog or a child? A child. Oh, okay. Well, we went over this. You guys are so young. You don't want children yet. I know, but I do. You I never- mean, we're getting a nephew. My sister's having a boy, so we're getting a nephew, and that'll be fun. But that's not yeah. till August, yeah, and I can't wait that, that long. Baby- Listen, to, when that kid's two months old and the parents are ready to go out, you take that kid for a weekend and then tell me you still want kids right away. You'll, you'll get a rude awakening. I know I don't want to. I want a dog. I don't want a puppy because I don't. She's just changing species over here. I don't know if I want a dog. You want something to take care of. I want something for you to take care of right now because you're not doing anything. I'm doing fine. You're not doing anything. You're taking care of Tyler. That should be enough. (laughs) I know. It's basically got to clean up after him. Who did the dishes last night? Who did he clean up the toilet? Oh well, yeah. It's, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, so, well, I yeah, guess you sure you want to get married, Thomas? This is not very finish fun. That, yes. Well, yeah, that's for for sure. I do because yeah, I want somebody to clean up after me. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, that is that is the goal. That is the dream. Tom, yeah. Thomas, have you been to little? You've been to Little Caesars, right? Haven't you? I have. How many yep. times? How many times have you gone there? Uh, I'm gonna say. Five? How many of them were from hockey for hockey games versus how many of them were com- concerts? Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> I don't think I've been to a concert there yet. Really? Well, no, because Dave Matt, like all those bands, they play at DTE. They don't play at Little Caesars. Yeah, they play at I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's, oh, that's it's right. The, that's why they only play at Ford Field at DTE. That's right. Okay. The big yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I mean that's they're. I mean they do. They have good shows. I I don't. I don't. I'm not a big concert goer. Uh, I don't. I can't really. I don't know really if there's a reason why I'm just not. It's it's funny. Every year I think I'm gonna go to more concerts. Uh, just because you know why not? You get the funds. Live flying the solo life. Try to find somebody to go with and head on out. And I every year I fail miserably at it. I have missed. But, uh, I've missed three Red Hot Chili Peppers shows in the last six years. I've missed Metallica twice. I've missed. I missed Rush and what was eventually their last tour, but nobody said anything until after the tour. And I'm like, no. I've Don't worry, them. Thomas. I'm still trying to find you someone to go with. And so no, thank like you. Them. Thank you very much. I work with all women, so. 
Well, she says that, but I know that's a lie. Ever since you and I started working together, Thomas, when we started working full-time, not about the time that I worked with you freshman year of my college career, and you totally forgot about it. Because you know, <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, I, I, I actually kind of feel bad about that. So last game before Christmas, we decided, hey, let's have a decade rewind. You know, with Thomas and I, because at this point we were calling a women's game. We're playing Adrian. We're down ten nothing. Games. Yeah, over. you decided. You're right. I decided because what, what were we gonna do? Like, well, I don't. But it's just like, hey, surprise! This is what we're gonna do now. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> and then I put Thomas. I don't have anything prepared. Let's go ahead and talk about it. I, I remember I tell him like I. I said, remember my one of my favorite moments, Thomas, was the first time I ever worked to you. I think I said like the date was like February something 2014 or whatever. And he's like, and you're just like, I don't remember that. And I remember like, oh, crap, this has gone really south really fast. Well, this is, I mean, I, I'm sure people that listen to your, your podcast or listen to the game, to games that you, you do are have to be well aware of the fact that you have this unbelievable memory for, I, I like, it, it's happened... I would say just sports or just Davenport, but I've seen it in, in a lot of different walks of life. So I, I don't for little thing, even for know just if this. that's if I should narrow it down to any one particular subject. But there are just certain things that you will be like, oh, yeah, don't you remember when this happened like this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know. No, I know. It was well, eight years ago and it was a moment in time. He I'm, can't remember my family's names, but he remembers all that stuff that happened. Because before he was you want to know why? Because yeah, Marion Bart remember what happened in game 50. Of the 2008 regular season? No, I don't remember what happened in game 50 in 2008. What, what are you talking about? If that about? was the Red Wings, they probably lost. I remember the second half of that year, they stunk, but they still got the President's Trophy. Oh, my gosh. Of 08? No, but they were pretty good throughout the whole year. No, they, was, they had a bunch of injuries towards the end. No, I for some reason, one thing that I always remember. Thomas, I remember that no two. Do you remember? I don't remember that in a way. Oh yeah, because they went like one. They won like one other last like twelve games or something. Yeah, like they that. were like one eight and two something like that going into the playoffs. They were not good down the. They were not good down the stretch. Right. They probably would have set the record for most points if they continue because they like clinched the President's Trophy in March. Yeah, something. yeah. I mean, like, and you, and you're right, President Trey. It wasn't just the division. It wasn't just the conference. Yeah. They had the President's Trophy. Seriously, it was well before we hit April. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Thomas, yeah. it looks like Kelly's going to head I'm going to head out because I'm going to go cry on the couch because it's snowing. <laughs> go cry on the couch? Why are you going to cry? Because it's snowing. And she is oh, going to. She's probably okay, going to turn okay. on friends, though. So, yeah, I'm almost finished. Oh, that's a good use of your team. I'm almost finished with it. Thomas, when this thing's all said and done, you're going to come over here so we can all. So you you and Kelly well, can have get drunk to watch, to watch friends, friends with. with. I watch friends with you all the time. He, oh, what, what, what episode were we watching last night where you actually started laughing oh, really because, hard because it was so funny? Okay, how many bottles of wine did we have last night? We had, we, you had the rest of one of ours, and it was like you had like a glass and a half. I could have sworn it was more than that. No, it was wine, wine is kind of Tom, wine's tricky. You can get, you can Thomas get real it, on wine and real, real easy. It was the episode where Monica and Chandler were meeting with the adoption lady and Joey walks in, but remember how Joey slept with the, yeah, the, yeah. The he adoption. could not, Tyler could well, not no, cause, well, no, cause, cause Joey walks in, who needs a celebrity? And then Chandler yep. slams the door. And for some reason, that makes me laugh. Anybody order a celebrity? <laughs> yep. Well, just the, the whole thing where he's like, that's just some crazy guys that roams the hall. It's Bert. <laughs> he's really good with kids. <laughs> call it's, me Bert. That's just... our, you call me Bert. That's her word. Yeah. That's a word for danger. Oh, we should make it Bert. 
Yeah, Joey? Exactly. Bert, 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 Bert. Noah! Why, why can't why can't Netflix get friends back? Uh, anyway. That's why you should come over when this is all said and done and we'll just binge watch Friends. Uh, because exactly. Netflix needs people to watch Tiger King instead of Friends. That's why. Oh, my no, gosh. I, and with that, I'm out. <laughs> can't do Tiger King. Bye, Thomas. Bye, Kelly. Bye. Love you. Love you. All right, that that was Kelly Kuhl, and she just whacked herself with the headset. By the way, when she took it off, so that's the great. Term whack. That's great. Anyway, go ahead. But no, do, well, have you watched Tiger King yet, or have you? I have watched. I I I have watched the Tiger King, and I it. Well, Kelly hasn't watched it yet. She has not, but she's seen all the memes because Facebook is riddled with them now. Yeah, because we don't have anything better to do. Well, I sh- well, I one I saw that just broke because I listen. This is me being a kid because I grew up in the '90s when the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was a TV series on Disney Channel. So I grew up watching Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and all them religiously. And then somebody decided to make Winnie the Pooh freaking jo- or you know freaking Joe Exotic, and they turned Tigger in you know to make it look like he was the tiger, and it made me mad. <laughs> Listen, uh, I believe it or not, of all the ones I've seen, I don't remember seeing a Winnie the Pooh one, which is ironic because I swear I thought I would have seen them all that were on Facebook. But oh gosh, I, I don't doubt you because seriously, every TV show was converted into a Tiger King meme. There was, there was fantastic work by most people. Well, I'm surprised. Kind of quickly turning back to baseball, how have how have maybe because I don't follow the right pages on Facebook, but how has someone not taken? G- no GM Avila's head and put it with the Detroit Tiger with a with the Tiger with the Detroit Tigers logo on the Tiger like because how he like how people say he ruined the Tiger stuff like that I'll after Dombrowski it. what it, it's it's really it's really not fair that he ruined the Tigers I don't know if he's if you want to question if he's the guy to rebuild them I'm fine with that but it's it's not fair to say that he was the one that ruined them. That's why I, it's like why I people, try to cut people off when when they when they see that because this that this isn't his fault that we're where we are we're at where we're at. It's the question now. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to get them back to where they were, but it not nah, they. And that's why it's funny to talk to you know I I don't want to say you know very I guess nonchalant Red Wings fans you know people that just watch them and follow them quote unquote. Who say I'm like, man, Steve Eisman's not doing anything. We're gonna have the worst record in the history of hockey. And I'm like, well, what was he supposed to do? Yeah, I don't. I that must be a West out of the state thing because he can do no wrong. So well, uh, the the East side, I I have not yet heard of an Eisman complaint. Well, I I think it's people that just look at you know who people who watch the Tigers like, man, the Tigers suck. They lost again. Blah blah. I'm like, well, if you see the process, like the Red Wings. Listen, I get it. The most cider draft pick literally dropped my jaw too. But to be fair, the only reason why Steve Eisman drafted Mo Sider was because Bowen Byron was picked three picks before him. The idea is that Eisman has a plan of who he wants to bring into the organization. And granted, Mo Sider, I've been able to watch him a few times this year with the Griffins and he's he's looked very competent as a Yeah, defender. he's gotten he's gotten a lot of very high praise um from a lot of the different writers and in, in, in you know, the local writers are, was getting very high praise from a lot of the local writers and, you know, the, who were talking to his coaches and saying how he was coming along and how he had looked better and better and was getting better and better. And, you know, how he, he's not going to, he's not going to be a scorer, but he is really going to be a real good lockdown defenseman. So, I mean, seriously, they need just bodies defensively. They, they don't, I, you know, I don't know. 
if they have a top four defenseman on their roster. I think with any luck, Heronik's going to be that. But all season, I constantly said, I don't know if any of these guys were traded to any other team. Would they be in a top four? And I, uh, I, and I mean that. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully getting to that point is, is Heronik. And then Cider ends up being that way. And, you know, there's, you know, board writers are writing that they may make a run at Tory Krug, a local guy who's going to be a free agent. And now all of a sudden you got a defense that's, that's, that's showing up or you can at least not be embarrassed of. So that would be a, a nice goal to have. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go off Tory Krug and I'll make my second point here first. But yeah, my second point first. No, I, I do no. not. I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay. You're but fine. I, I've been listening to Hockey Central, which is a big Sportsnet program. They are on Sportsnet 590. They have all they record it and put it out as a podcast later on in the afternoon. And what they've been doing in their time off here is they've been looking back at all 31 teams, and they're all going with the hypothetical if the NHL comes back and so on. And one of the episodes I remember vividly was them talking about the Detroit Red Wings because for some reason they put Detroit and Florida on the same episode together. I'm like, that's just now. Granted, they made a good point. Two teams with really bad goaltending this year, and it's yeah, yeah. and it's bad because Jimmy, I mean, actually that's not that's not that's that's lazy. That's not true. Well, it's it's tough because Bernie Bernie's been really good actually. Well, I mean, like I, I, I think the the pointing the finger is at because Jimmy Howard is supposed to be the starter. Is that yeah. that's that's the okay. point? Okay, and, all right, I'm buying that. Okay, We're, I'm good with that then because Bernie. For some reason, it'd be nice to have this kind of a Bernier in Toronto because then maybe would have at least competed for the playoffs a couple of the years. But yeah, he's been he's been real good. Jimmy Howard has gone to which Not is very good. which is funny because him and Corey Schneider. Do you remember? Was it? I think it was 2014. It was the Sochi Olympics where they were battling for the third string goaltending spot on USA, yeah. and there was a big controversy about it. And in the past two years, they've each gone on ridiculous winless streaks. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny how I look back on it. And of course, then again, Jonathan Quick, who was the starter for USA in those 2014 Olympics, is not Jonathan Quick from 2014. Let's all be honest. Well, a lot of that's because you know, Drew Doughty isn't the Drew Doughty that was Drew Doughty. Well, and, yeah. it's, and they've sold off all of their good defensive. Po- I mean, that franchise took a turn quickly. Let's just leave it at that. California, anyway, California, is not be, California is not a hockey team state anymore just the way it's going yeah i mean this season they definitely were not but anyway you were you were you were but talking about the florida thing i well i just i just i just found it funny because they mentioned how because bobrovsky has not played like 10 million dollar bobrovsky but what i'm saying is going back for detroit do you think it is just the defense i mean because the idea behind the sign of calvin pickard was to have him come down to grand rapids sign him to a two-way contract and have him help develop because he is, I would say, a very capable professional goaltender who has played solid NHL minutes over his career. Pickard has was supposed to come in and help Philip Larson. And I can tell you from watching Philip Larson, because for some reason, I don't know if it was the brass before Eiserman or that included Eiserman, he was going to be the next, I guess, probable goaltender because he had a lot of promise coming over from Europe. And I watch him and I just said, and he's the reason why he went down to Toledo. It is it now to the point where the Red Wings just can't get a goaltender now? Or are they just trying to wait for a prospect to come up? What do you think is the plan between the pipes for the Red Wings? Uh, I think the hope was Larson. I mean, I think he was obviously the highest rated hope in the system. 
here, here, here's the thing about goaltenders though. And, and you know, this as well as anybody is it goaltenders are so rarely high picks. They're so rarely, I don't want to say they're, they're rarely known quantities, but cause, cause guys knew like Eiserman knew the Vasilevsky was going to be good. That's why I was comfortable trading Bishop. So, so, so I don't want to say they come out of nowhere, but if they come out of nowhere, it seems like. And so I, I, I don't know if there's the, I don't think the goalie of the next 10 years is on the roster yet on any roster at any level. I think the hope is that it's going to be Larson. I don't think that he was that, that he instilled a lot of hope this year. And I think that there will be a goaltender or two drafted again. And I think there was a goaltender drafted last year as well, if memory serves. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I believe that there was a goaltender drafted last year, and I expect another goaltender to be drafted this year too. And they're going to need to, you know, it's it's one you want, obviously you're going to you try to stockpile with talent, but at first they just need some guys to even look at, and that's what I ho- I think is going is coming. I don't, or there the other possibility is you 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 trade for a goalie prospect, you trade for somebody else's goalie prospect. They, um, it didn't happen at the deadline, which is potentially you know that was being kicked around here locally is that, you know, instead of with the, before Athanasiu was dealt, do you try to get a, a goaltending prospect for him instead of a draft pick? Um, obviously they got draft picks instead, which is fine. But uh, I think that was maybe kind of one of the hopes as well um, is, or one of the possibilities as well as you bring in somebody's goaltending prospect when, when they need it. So it looks like, cause I jumped on cap as soon as you said, cause they do have, team or uh, the draft picks for each team and the guy they got last year for goaltending wise was Carter Guylander has obviously not signed yet he's from Beaumont Alberta actually played uh, played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League and is supposed to play with Colgate next year in the ECAC so he's getting his college chops in before he was a I think a said it's seventh round pick obviously a junior A player out of Canada not going to be a high prospect right away. So obviously a nope. very, you know, slow development there. And it, it is incredibly tough. And I, it's funny how you look at, cause one of the, you know, one of my many posters in my office you saw was Chris Osgood, Chris mm-hmm. Osgood and Jimmy Howard, I would say, and I would put money down by saying this are probably the last two Great goal. I mean, I guess Peter, but Peter Morazic only really had a couple years where he was actually a number one goaltender, at least in Detroit. Jimmy Howard was probably a little bit long, more standing, but arguably Osgood and Howard in the last 25 years and change have probably been the last two goaltenders that the Red Wings have actually developed in their system. And with, without going out and signing like Dominic Hoshik and, you know, the really bad Curtis Joseph experiment. And I mean, there's, that's probably your two goaltenders that you, if you ever look at and say, wow, we developed them. And it's kind of weird because Osgood wasn't, you know, bouncing around the minors for that long. And same thing with Jimmy Howard, Jimmy Howard, I think was maybe with Grand Rapids for three years. So you almost have to hope that you find a goaltender like that. And then hopefully they can make that transition sooner rather than later. Yeah. I, it's, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, <laughs> Goaltenders are just so tough. And I, it, it, I know it's kind of a cop out to say, I, you know, to kind of mumble and stumble and say it's tough and yada, yada, but it just is, you know, it, it, it just, it, nobody, 
you know, like the best goalies in the league. And and see, to, to your point about Morozik is that guys will be good for a couple-year stretch or a three-year stretch or we'll have two good years and one bad year or we'll have a good year, a bad year, and a good year. There's so few that are consistently good year in, year out. And, and so it's, you know, you need to define good because you're right. Bobrovsky was outstanding. What, what did he get? Two Vesnas, one, one or two Vesnas in the three year stretch. And that and now wasted money in Florida. Yep. And I, I mean, for the season, I mean, I, you know, got, goalies can rebound and there's a very, top, very good likelihood that a goaltender like him is going to rebound. But, you know, Ben Bishop, when he got to Dallas, or no, that's not true. He's been in Dallas, what, three years? And he has not been great and spectacular all three years. I know he had a really down year where he was pushed by Q Dobin. That I will say this, Bishop's right. number Bishop's numbers the last couple of years. There's a reason why he was a Vesna candidate last year. But him and Q Dobin and up in Boston with Rask and Halak, they're probably the best two tandems in the league. And it's funny how I mentioned Chris Osgood because he he grew up in a day where there was no such thing as a dynamic duo in net. The Red Wings were probably the first team that I could honestly say that did that when Mike Vernon came in in 95, when Osgood and Vernon were the one-two goaltenders. I think they won the Jennings in 96 together. Yep. But they were- well, when, when you look at, though, the games played, I in, oh, God, I, 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 somebody's going to, I'm going to say this and then duck in case I'm wrong and I'm remembering this incorrectly, but I don't, like, the year... 97 when they won the cup, I don't think Vernon played like 35 games where they were close. I think Osgood still played close to 60 games. It was just that Bowman went with, just went with Vernon. I remember these numbers because they're so dumb to think about now, but Osgood had himself an incredible year. But of course the year before he flamed out in the conference final. Do you ready? Right. You ready for Mike Vernon's numbers in the ninety six ninety seven regular season? They was I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna assume I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a couple of guesses here, and I you you give me the real numbers after I guess the wrong number. Yep. He uh, games played or, or games started really. I'm gonna say twenty seven. Okay. What what's the real number? Thirty three. So you're close with thirty five. Yeah. Okay. He, he had thirty yeah thirty three games played. He had thir- oh, I say, I'm like he had 35. Pe- oh wait, I forgot D Day, March 26th. I forgot. I'm like he had 35 Pelly minutes. He probably all had those in one game, but no. The but yeah, go nah, ahead. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 33 games. So you guessed 27. So in Price's right terms, you were in a good spot. Yep. Uh, goals against average. I'm gonna put it at two six seven. Who? Man, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure Colorado was wishing that. He had a two, four, three goals against average. Did he really? And then, so then save percentage around, let's say, 9.15. Ooh, that would have been great, too. He had actually had an 8.99. And he went, and he went ready for this, 13, 11, and 8. <laughs> 13, 11, and 8 now gets you sent down to the minors. I mean... But that's just, and I think it's funny because you watch him in those playoffs, and he was a clutch goaltender. There's a reason why he's a Conn Smythe winner, and I, I really truly hate whenever anyone ever says that Chris Osgood was the worst goaltender to ever win a Stanley Cup, because I literally look at that and I'm just like, why? Because he gave up, 
because remember, he in that 98 run, he did give up goals from center ice in each of the first three series. I get that. I understand that. However, and I still look at this, I'm like, Mike Vernon was second fiddle to Osgood in the re- that regular season. I don't yeah, know. If I it, knew it wasn't even. I knew it was. I, I you. There was no way I was gonna. You were gonna convince me they were even. I knew it was. I knew Osgood was the main because I remember there being a little bit of a really Vernon starting. Why are they? Why are they going with Vernon? I remember that thought back in '97. I can remember like that was kind of the the press camplings of well they're gonna they're gonna go with the the veteran. Interesting. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Because then, and I, then luckily yeah. Os, Osgood got his cup the next the next year. Yeah. And I still, every time, every time I hear that someone says Mike, like, do you like, do you ever think that there's a notion that Chris, like, do you disagree with that notion that Chris Osgood is the worst goaltender to win a Stanley cup? Because for some reason I just, it, it makes my blood boil just a little bit, even as a Leafs fan nowadays, because growing up watching Chris Osgood and idolizing Chris Osgood, like I was a big fan of Chris Osgood and then I passed him in height when I was 12 years old. And then I'm like, okay, maybe he's not that good. No. Um, but he was he was always an outstanding goaltender. He just had bad breaks in the playoffs, and then he finally won in 98. But then, yes. What after, I, well, go ahead, Thomas. I'm sorry. I was just – because there's, there's a couple of things. So I would need to the, – the name – because if, if, if I'm going to say no, then I need to come up with a name. And in recent history, I'd want to see the career of Tim Thomas because Tim Thomas didn't really make it in the league until he was what 31 I want to say he was really really old when he finally started getting regular playing time and that was a really good Boston team too now now granted he was really good when he started was in the league full time but it didn't last a whole lot of time either and right. the, the other thing I'll say what it and it's a bad break because I I don't I don't blame him for it if what would have made done Chris Osgood a lot of good is first of all, the 2008 cup Hashik played the first four games and he got the last whatever 20. So the 2008 cup was his. Yeah. It was not Hashik's. It was his. I don't know if a lot of people remember that the 2008 cup was his, but it absolutely was. Well, he won, four, he won 14 he, games. He won 14 of the 16. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, they were two and two coming back from Nashville. They won the first two against Nashville. They lost the next two in Nashville and they came back with Osgood and yep. he didn't, I, if you're looking at the numbers, what I like a one eight nine goals against average or two O goals against average. He was fantastic. And you and I, and, sorry, I was just going to, just to finish the thought, what would have done him wonders, I think in perception is the O nine cup, not for the three time cup championship. If they win the Stanley cup that year, I think he's a kind of Smythe winner. And I don't really think it's close. You know, and you, that would have done it. It would have been a third cup and a con Smythe, and I think that would have really finally turned everybody's thoughts on Chris Osgood. You know what's funny? Because he's a multi-time All-Star as well. People also forget that. Because I know the All-Star game in the NHL is kind of a ho-hum kind of laugh stock nowadays, but he was an All-Star for a couple years there. And I just, I always like to point, I point at two goaltenders. I mean, you mentioned Tim Thomas, which makes sense because he didn't have a whole lot of longevity. But... Anti Niemi in 2010, buddy. I could have myself. I mean, pick a goaltender that's ever played Davenport D3 hockey. We could have been goaltenders for the Chicago Blackhawks team and won a cup. That's how yeah, good that Hawks. That team was really good. And yes. I know this is going to be a hot take because he played with Gretzky, and the Oilers won a lot of cups in the 80s. 
But Grant Fuhr is probably the most overrated Hall of Fame goaltender that I have no, ever you just, heard. You just can't do it. You can't do it, Tyler, and you can't do it because that's how the '80s were. Oh, I get, and I you get just, that, and I get that. And that's, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you look he at. He was uh, the for a decade. He was the best goalie by numbers, right? And and, and not just wins. It was he was in on par with the with what goaltenders were in the nineties. And I think that that's just, or in the eighties. And, you know, honestly, when you, if you look at his numbers in the nineties, cause I know the wings had some playoffs against the blues and, and grand fear when he was moved on to St. Louis and he was stellar in those. I, I it's, it's, it's kind of, you know what though? It's, it's the Chris Osgood argument too. Well, Osgood wasn't good. Cause you know, they hit, he had, Batistoff and Lindstrom and, and Konstantinov and, and, and Chelios and Schneider and Rafalski and, you know, right. keep going with the list of defensemen in front of them. And, you know, Fedorov and Eisenman and Shanahan up front. And those guys were all relatively responsible defensively. And, you know, there's just the list of, of guys that were on the roster in front of them. It's, it's kind of a victim of the own success. And I, it, you know, so you can't say that Osgood is good. And then knock Fjord. I think the two are so similar on that regard is that the easy thing is to say, look at who they played with and the wins and the, the goals against average were, was ridiculous for fear. was so high, but yeah, it was because that's what the league was at the time. Right. And I, I guess I have to agree with you on that point, but I will say this kind of finishing with Chris Osgood here is that I agree with you. Cause we talked about that. The 2009 final, if they win in seven games, Ozzy's probably the Smythe winner. However, if somehow Tomas Holmstrom lifts the puck on his backhand just a few inches or Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't make that ridiculous save in game five, if the Wings win in game five in Detroit at home in 08, Ozzy would have been the Smythe in my eyes. Because I when they said Henrik Zetterberg won it, I'm like, okay. That's that's nice because I I don't remember him being that dominant. Maybe it's because I was so here's where go ahead. Here's where Zetterberg won it. Zetterberg won it on the five on three. Yeah. The five on three shift in game six. It was done. But but on and I don't have the numbers in front of what did Crosby do in that series? Did he He was on the ice every time Crosby was. And he Crosby did nothing. It's Crosby did nothing that entire series. And which is why I didn't have a problem with the con Smythe going to, to Zetterberg for that reason, because it was his defensive play. It was, it was, he got credit for playing 200 feet of hockey. Yep. And you just, a lot of times you don't get that. And that's exactly why he was con Smythe. And I think it was highlighted no better than that shift was a microcosm of how good he was for 200 feet in that, in that postseason. And I've and I've kind of always knocked the Smythe voting at times of who wins it, and who should win it, and whatnot. Because, I mean, I I always agree with the 2011 and 2012 winners with Tim Thomas and Jonathan Quick winning it back to back. But I knocked the NHL when Sidney Crosby won it in 2016 and 2017, and then Ovechkin in 2018 was hit or miss. I'm like, okay, that's fine because he was good in the final, and but I thought Brayden Holpe had had a better playoff, but. That's why the Smythe Trophy for me is always tough because you say, well, this guy could win it. But like, I'm, it's, 
you probably remember it a lot better than I would, Thomas, the 98 run, because I was only three years old at the time. But I remember a lot of the games. I remember, for some reason, I remember game four against Washington. And was Steve Eiserman that dominant, or was this just so spread out you really couldn't pick one for Detroit? I think that that was probably more it. I I I, I really think that who was going to – who was – like during that whole run, like who was the guy? Was there a guy? Well, you know, Osgood's numbers weren't popping. So, you know, you didn't really want to give it to the goaltender. And, and he allowed, and he did allow those bad goals in, in the playoffs. The bad goals. And I, I just don't, I don't know if there was a surefire, this guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he was bad. Cause I, I still, I believe in 98, he led the, team in scoring, I'm going to say, in the playoffs. And maybe that was it, just the default of, okay, well, we're going to give it to the guy who scored the most points because we don't have anybody else to give it to. Right. And it's... But there could have been, there could have been an emotional factor to it. Absolutely. I'll admit, I'll, I'll admit to that. I will say this, though. Nick Lidstrom, I, I mean, he was great throughout his entire career, but I think the 98 playoffs were his real... Because with Fatisov playing less minutes and obviously Konstantinov no longer being there and like when you yeah, add I mean, when you add Jamie McCowan and you know Dmitry Miranov to your lineup, you're really just kind of adding a third pair right there. I mean, Lidstrom, that was his coming out party. If, it was, if you ask me. I agree because you're right. I, I I seem to remember the same thing where it was in '97. You would you would mention how good it was. Never just Lidstrom. You know, you you couldn't say him without saying Vladdy, and you couldn't, you know, look, talk about the team as a whole. Whereas time went on, it became clear that it was Lidstrom and everybody else. And that's why he won the Conn Smythe in 02, because it was such yeah. a huge drop-off defense. I mean, I can name a lot of the defensemen on that team. I think Dandino had gotten moved back to defense for that year. Yet Frederick... Uh, no, he did not. It was Duchesne played with Lindstrom. Well, no, he didn't. Well, Daniel didn't play with Lindstrom, but he was on defense because he was always a winger, but he played defense early on in his career. So that's why they moved him back. Like Frederick Olison. Yeah. Steve Duchesne. When Steve Duchesne is one of your top pairing guys, I love me. Like I get it. He had a long storied career, but my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And then what was it? I think it was Chelios and Fisher. Was it? I believe Yuri Fisher was still was on that team. Yep, Yuri Fisher was uh, was early on in his career, very early in his career. But I believe it was him. And then they put. Then uh, it was Danino and. Um, oh my God! I don't even remember Olson playing that much. That's the thing. Oh my God! Oh, uh, this is. I was about to look up the 98 team and then I, now I'm going to the 2002. Why am I blanking on the other defenseman? Well, okay. Do you remember who actually, because remember Yuri Fisher got suspended for game five. Yeah. Yui Krupp. No. Well, Yui Krupp was in the lineup, but do you know, actually, you know who else was in the lineup? Yuri Slager. Does that oh, name? Right. Yeah. And I, I, for some reason I remember that. The only reason why I remember is because my, I just remember, I remember watching the game where I was at a friend's house and for some reason, he threw a check and like his skate lays came undone. And for some reason, you talk about my stupid memory. I remember him sitting down to tie a skate on the ice in between. Sh- like for some reason, I remember that. I know oh, that. And I know that's just typical that's, me. 
That is that is you at your finest, sir. That is you at your finest. My goodness. Jesse Walleen was there. Good Lord. How in the world did this defense corps win a cup without, I mean, uh, I guess Nick Lidstrom. Who was up front. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Hall of, it's a Hall of Fame team. It's literally, yeah. it should have, I, and I get it. You know, you talk about the original six and how many great players they were. Like you, That's why you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. The Montreal Forum Locker Room has its own section of the Hall of Fame. That O two that O two team is the last super team that actually works because there a there was no I mean there was a salary cap but it was a very loose one and they were able to bring all these players together and it's still funny because like the stories of how players actually cut salary to get Brett Hall in there and like this was a super team and a half and oh, it was it was Frederick Olson. Yeah, I, I, he scored a goal against Colorado in the in overtime. Yeah, that that name, it, the name didn't sound right, but he played uh, played night. He played twenty minutes a night. He and I think it was just one year with Detroit, right? Yeah, because he came over from he played for the Ducks and then he went back to the Ducks the next season. And I just yeah. he was a one year wonder, and I guess all he needed to do was win the cup. And gosh, I mean, he, that team is just ridiculous up front. Yeah, because yeah. and here. Here's the the crazy thing too, and and with kind of hand in hand with that is that you know Larianoff won't get the credit, or, or or like history won't be as kind to Igor Larianoff. But considering what he did with the with with Russia and in Russia and then coming over, I think wasn't he second after Fatisov to, to to come over from Russia? So there was a lot of hockey history with Igor Larionov, which, which he, will be forgotten. He came over around the same time as Sergei Fedorov. Cause I think it was a different scenario. Cause Larionov, cause going to Vancouver was easier. Cause I think he just left. I forget how his story worked exactly, but cause he went to Vancouver initially did Larionov, but Fedorov came around the same time. But yeah, Fatisov was the first, mm-hmm. but then McGillney came a couple of years later. Alexander was Larry. I, I'm pretty sure Lariano's first team was the Sharks. No, he went to he was Vancouver and then he went to the Sharks. He went to San Jose because he, he played games in Vancouver. Yep, he played there from looks like the numbers say 89 to 92, and then he took a year off to play in Switzerland, then came back to play with San Jose, which is funny because that was around the time the Latvian connection really hit its fruition with Lan or with Sandusozelish and Archis Urbe, the team that just ousted the somehow some way beat Detroit and yeah. in in the series that you want to talk about knee jerk reactions forced the Detroit Red Wings to get Mike Vernon to get for Jimmy yeah. D to get him because Ozzy Ozzy I don't say played bad but he wasn't he he was still a rookie but yeah but then they got him a couple years later and then yeah do you remember that he was a Florida Panther Igor Lariano yeah I do and I think I know why I don't remember him as a Canuck because that was that was before my hockey time. Yeah, because that was well, that was early. I mean, I, you were born in eighty. Yeah, that was eighty nine ninety was his first year in Vancouver, and that was I was not even. I mean, I was old enough to. I was six or seven, so you would have thought, but I don't think I hockey didn't really hit my radar into that ninety five team. I remember the ninety five finals. I actually remember in the ninety five they beat. The, honestly, the earliest – well, no, that's not true because I can actually remember the Toronto game where they, they scored in that victory. But Nikolai Borshevsky. Like, 
But the the big thing I remember, I think, was really more the um, they beat Chicago to to get to that to that final. And I remember watching the celebration. Do you remember who scored the game winning goal in Game Five? I'm talking like the '90s one, not the. No, yeah, ninety-five. Yes, ninety-five. Okay, okay. Well, because they scored. What? what was it? I was just saying, didn't Darren Helms score the one in twenty two thousand nine? Yes, and that's why I looked at my decks. I had remembered the ninety-five series because, like I said, I'm a dumb hockey guy. I lay said, "My dad, we're gonna lose," and he's like, "No, we're not." I'm like, "We're gonna lose the next series because we did it ninety-five. We're gonna do it in two thousand nine. If we get past four games, okay, we have a chance." Because I'm like, history repeats itself. I'm gonna make sure I have my answer right here because who scored him? I don't know because the, the two the two okay. names that are coming up to me are Slava Kozlov and Steve Eisman. Now here's the funny thing: you remember because Steve Eisman was there for Game Five, but Steve Eisman had been hurt in that series, or I he I think he was hurt the series before against San Jose, but he was not there for that series. But okay, then no, I don't remember that. But you were right, Steve Eisman did. It was Slava Kozlov. Steve Eisman did score in that game, though. He did score. They out... Oh, my God. You want to know what the... Holy cow. People don't give Ed Bell for enough credit sometimes. You want to know what the shots were in Game 5? Granted, the game did go to two overtimes, but you want to know what the shots were? 58-30. Holy cow. Okay, okay, not that much. Jeez. No, it was 47-26 to Detroit. I mean... They only gave up... the 46 is the remarkable part. The, the 26 is remarkable. 47 is about what you'd expect in a double overtime game now. Well, this, yes. And that's why it's, don't to forget. To only this, allow 26 in four plus periods. And don't forget though, this was the, this was the beginning of the height of the clutch and grab era. This was when the one, three, one, the slow up at the blue line, two line pass was still a thing. I mean, I, I, my next article for the hockey writers I'm trying to get published right now is talking about the, like the five greatest national championship games. Some of the shot totals are for games that went to double, triple overtime. I think if I'm not mistaken, Northern Michigan went to triple overtime against Boston 91. I think my numbers were, I think Northern Michigan outshot Boston was like 40 to 30 in almost a hundred minutes of action. Jesus where 40 to 30 happens in two periods nowadays. That sounds borderline awful. <laughs> well, the, I remember I was doing my research on it, and this was at the old St. Paul Civic Center, where they used to have like these, they used to have, I don't say plexiglass dasher boards, but you could see through the dasher boards. And the ice apparently had just gone to crap from like high school tournaments that same weekend and stuff like that, and it just was awful ice, and they just... I watched the playback. It's a highlight real goal. If I always tell people to go back and watch it, because it's funny how players that that long of a game could make a play like that it was a great play. But I'm like, the ice was just garbage. But no, it's it's funny to look back on all the the classic series and and it it's odd because I could tell you a lot of the stuff from like ninety. I'd say ninety three onwards. I think ninety two is when the Wings lost to St. Louis when Brett Hall was just scoring on anything and everything. And Except the year that he had like 84 or 80 or no, that one would have been that late in his career. Uh, he had 86 and I think it was nine. I think it was 92. Let's go. Was to, it 92? I would have guessed the eighties, but okay. Let's go to Brett Hall. 
he had 86 goals in 91. It was 91. He had 70 in 91. 91, okay. And I don't remember how far the Blues got that year, but I just like looking back at these and just comparing numbers and just oh, rem- sure. And just remembering how, because I, I always tell people, my dad gives me crap for being a Leafs fan now, and I understand it because, you know, I'm from Michigan, and I was born a Wings fan. That's why I know so much about the Wings from the 90s and remembering why Chris Osgood is one of my favorite goaltenders of all time. And I, that's why I joke. Like I was, I, he was my favorite goaltender until I passed him in height because at that point I'd started, <laughs> I'd started to become a Leafs fan at that point. But it's, it's funny because remembering how good those teams were and how homegrown that those teams were. I remember you and I had almost a furious debate about it a couple of years ago because I had mentioned how the 08 team was, I get, I don't say not fair, but they, it was a team that was more bought, but it really wasn't because we talked about the O2 team, how that team was just, here's money and throw it away. Let's have right. a super team and go for it. Right. But, and Oh eight, there's no, there's no big expensive free agent on that roster. I, cause well, Hashik had been back for a couple of years at that point. Cause he was there in Oh seven. He was 40. Right. I have a hard time saying that, you know, even if they paid him a lot of money, what, Paying a lot of money and actually being real to it. I, I, I mean, when I say real to it, like people, I think, don't get me wrong, people were happy that Hashik was here, I think, but I don't know if there was really the expectation that he was going to be playing 65 games and be the end all be all. Right. And that. And that's why I think it's, that's why I remember when we had that little back and forth, I forget how it was the first year or second year we were working together, but we just got into it at one point and I came back. No, and we had that within the last two years. That was a recent argument. Cause I remember that argument. I, at least you remember something of us, Thomas. Yeah, no, you're exact. That's exactly how I know it was recent. Cause I do remember that argument because that, that is a pet peeve of mine was that people that want to say that Ken Holland wasn't a good GM because you know, he bought cups in three of the years, whatever it was. And it's just not true. And or he couldn't do it in a salary cap era. That's what, it, you know, or that complaint. He never did it. You know, the 08 team was bought. Like, no, he seriously, the, the, there was no, he, there were great players on that team, but they were, it was Datsuk. It was Zetterberg. It was Lidstrom. It was, you know, Holmstrom rounded out the first line. It was the, the middle line of, of, of uh, Samuelson and Franzen and Hoodler was the second line. Uh, Fipula was a forward on that team. You know what? Rafalski. Okay. All right. Fine. There, you there's, go with there's your buy. There's being your buy. The guy that they, they quote unquote bought. Okay, fine. All right. I'll, I'll give you Brian Rafalski and a 43 year old Dominic Hasha. If that's really, if you're really going to hold your hat on, wow. He bought that cup based on those two players. I, you know what? I can't, I'm not going to win. I can't, I can't help you. Well, who did, do you remember who they had to give up? I, Cause I, I'm not asking like to that. I know the answer, but do you, who did they give up to get Brad Stewart? Cause you and I also got into the thing of how Brad Stewart, cause I, this okay. Could, there's one it's true. That's true. That, but that, that was a deadline deal. Well, I right? wouldn't say, that I wouldn't say, a, I wouldn't say that's a, that's a money grab though. I, that, that was a straight, like that was a hockey deal, but I forget who, who the trade was for. Like, I honestly forget that now it's going to hurt my brain because how they got him. Uh, uh, I'm sure it was draft picks. Cause that was the currency that 
Brad Stewart was traded in exchange for second and fourth round picks in the 08 and 09 draft, respectively. Okay, so yeah, that was it. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, that they had, they had Nicholas Cronwell on that team. That team was actually more... I honestly, it's... It's funny because I look at the 97-98 teams because they did have the Russian five for the 97 cup run and then the rest of them for the 98 run. I almost say, because remember, because how Fatis Alvalarianov came over and they had acquired a couple of other players, but there was a lot of homegrown for the teams in the 90s. The 08 team was almost as homegrown as it got. With the exception, yeah. because... I mean, I guess you can say 97 because Mike Vernon came over from Calgary. But 08 still had Chris Osgood. Granted, he had gone to St. Louis at that point and came back and completely developed his style. And yeah, he brought back Dominic Koshik. But it's it's funny now, though. I think the thing is that it's just been so tough because people look back in those great days and how, how can they not do the development the same now? And when Mike one point is, is that nowadays everyone is trying to do what Jimmy Devolano was doing, what Ken Holland was doing in those early years of his general manager career is that they're finding players. They're going out, they're going, yeah. And they're going after areas that in the nineties, nobody was going after. Yes. Everyone was going after Russia because Russia was a superpower for the longest time in international hockey, but nobody was going to Germany. Nobody was going into the depths of Sweden and Slovakia. I mean, it checks. There's no better description. I mean, you know, I Zetterberg being the fifth or sixth or seventh, whatever. I forget because him and Datsuk, I just know were fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh, whatever they were. They were Tom Brady draft picks. You can say that. Yeah, and that just they were also the last quotable ones because after that, teams were doing it. Other teams were doing it. It wasn't. They weren't. It, they weren't rare anymore now. I mean, they were, they weren't around that long players that good weren't around that long anymore because they finally, they were, everybody was doing it. And, and that's when, you know, along with some other things where, it, where they kind of lost it a little bit and then, you know, questionable moves. And I'm not going to go into the whole, I, you know, history of why the Red Wings fell apart. Cause I, you know, for the most part, I, I, I see what the thought process was. And at some point you just got to tear it down, but what, I'm not going into that whole thing, but yeah, I mean, it was the, the rest of the teams caught up and started going around the world. Yeah. There's, I mean, you can't just go 25 years and people are like, Oh, they're bad. Well, they went 25 years. I, I, exactly. And it's funny how many people won't, won't grant that, but it, well, because they have on the phone is about as long as I can do. All right. Yeah, because I was about to say, it'll be great when the day Sidney Crosby retires to see how bad Pittsburgh gets after that. But that Or when Mulkin retires. (laughs) Because I would argue that Mulkin's better than Crosby, but that, again, may be something for a later time. Yeah, but we have another hour and a half for that one. Um, But that is it for this one here, folks. Thomas, thank you once again for coming on and joining me, and thank you to Kelly, who I'll, I'll talk to dinner and stuff like that here in a minute for coming on. It was fun. It's nice to not have to talk to myself because then I start hearing voices and that's when it gets very freaky over here at the quarantine studio. I understand, man. I hear you loud and clear on that. We'll definitely have to have you on at some point. I'd say the summer, but it's definitely not the summer by the temperature and the uh, it stops snowing over here. So you'll have it in about an hour, Thomas. All hey. right. Perfect. I look forward to it. Maybe I'll build a snowman. There you go. All right, Thomas. We'll take care and thank you all once again, folks, for listening to this episode of the Q podcast. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.
Okay. I, uh, are you talking? No. Are, no, this is funny. You got to hear this, Thomas. Okay. So you okay. know how Tyler and I met on Tinder, right? Oh, sure. no, I, that's not a guy that you work with. That's a Yeah, guy he that, is a guy that I work with. What, you work with him? Yeah, he works at the hospital with me. Oh. So. Long story Tyler, short. No, 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 no. This is funny. You, you know how Tyler and I met on Tinder? I do. So, I was senior in high school when we met. So, I mean, all my friends, my friends and I all got to do We matched with a bunch of guys. Get to the point. Well, there was this guy that I matched with. He was really, I thought he was really cute at the time. Like, we were talking. I think we went out for coffee a couple times. Like, Flirting, step for a couple months, then Tyler and I started dating, and whatever the rest is history. Now we're married. We are? <laughs> I know. Um, yes. I worked on Sunday night, and we have these positions called hot zone bosses and leads. So for people with who are in COVID, they're in isolation, and we have special nurses. We have extra nurses assigned to the room to help ner- the other nurses get on like their personal protective gear and all that stuff. So we have extra sure. hands to make sure everyone's safe. So I was hot zone lead, so I was basically in charge of all the bosses, hot zone bosses on in each room, rounding, making sure everyone needed didn't need anything. I get down to the floor. I meet where I'm meeting up with everybody. One of the nurses, a good friend of mine, Jess, love her, give her a big hug, and I was like, "How's it going?" She's like, "Good." And this guy, everyone's got masks on now at the hospital, so I can only see eyes. Right. And his and I was like, "Oh, his name is Trent," and I was like, "Oh, like I was like, hey, how's it going? I've met you. You're new." And he's like, "Yeah," and then I, like, have the clipboard where everyone's names are. I go down to the ED to round down there. ED, emergency department. And then I look at his name. I'm like, that name's what? really familiar. And then I'm thinking about it, and I was like, he looks really familiar. So I look in, and it's that guy who I met on Tinder and, like, almost hooked up with a couple times working with me what? now as a nurse. Why, why would that surprise you? Um, like, I, I, like you're, not, you're not in the middle of, like, we're I mean, I don't know. Grand Rapids is, is, is a good-sized town. But He's not from Grand Rapids. He's from the east side of the state. Oh, okay. See, now that's what you need to lead off with. Because you, I, like, I feel like I've seen in real life people that I've swiped. You, you're gonna, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You, you set your distance to be within a certain area. You're likely to run into these people in real life. No, which but like sucks, he, I guess but... I get, he had like, when I had, when we had our cottage on the gun, like his family had a cottage. So like, that's why we almost met up a couple times. We did meet up for coffee and all that stuff. So like, that's why, but he was from the East side and never, and we don't have the cottage anymore. So I never expected to see him again. Well, no, now he's a nurse. He works at my hospital. We were at the hospital. I work out like, Oh crap. He definitely, I think he knows who I am or he recognizes me. Cause he definitely did like a double take later. He's like, I know you like you could see it. And it was really awkward. And everyone was laughing at me when I told them because they're like, oh, it's yeah, okay. Well, but here's what's not fair. Tyler slept with a bunch of girls before we ever started dating. Oh, this is new. It's whatever. Jesus. And he's just, never run into any of them. I'm just going to. I'm just. <laughs> Thomas, I'm cutting this whole part out. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> You've never run into any of the girls that you slept with or swiped with or slept with. And it's not. Kelly, the whole Why point do I of, have to get awkward conversations? You know the whole point of the me cutting this part? We don't Truly. need to continue. Holy God. <laughs> Maybe this whole uh, quarantine thing is getting worse by the moment. It's funny. Wow. It's not fair that you have to, that I have to do all that crap. Thomas, how are you doing there, bud? Well, yeah. Entertained? That, next question just for jeez, OP. Throw your own self under the butt. Throw. Wow, poor Tyler. I mean, I don't know. Does that make you, is that a bad thing or a good thing? I don't now know. Now that I think about it, Kelly's giving you all sorts of props here. On uh, Now that I really think about it, she's giving you credit for shit. I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing to have her. Uh, 
Everyone knows you got like around. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, what I number just, was I? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not at the apartment after this conversation finishes. That's for sure. Oh, it's funny. We talk about this all the time. It's fine, oh. except on the show. Oh, come on. Well, I, no, 